You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, the boys invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. And with me is my work wife, James Hardigan, who's making a face. What do? I've showered and everything. What's your face about? I wasn't the face. <laughs> you were making a face. It's fine. I'll let it go because that's how marriages work. You got to let things go sometimes. Coming up on today's show, it feels like the morning after. It feels like we just took our relationship uh, with the audience to a, a whole nother level. We did it. Yeah. We set into motion the Platinum Pass ass path on the stream on Monday night. We did a Twitch stream. And today on the show, we're going to talk about that stream. Isn't it great? We get to a Twitch stream, which generates content for the podcast. Synergy, people. Synergy. It's basically a big fucking human centipede (laughs) of us shitting into the mouth of the podcast, which then shits into the mouth of the Twitch stream. Anyway. I was going to say it was like a snake eating its own tail, but, you know, you went for the slightly less polite version. Accurate. Uh, We played online poker. James played some live poker. We'll be talking about that coming up later on. Jesse, my old pal, Jcat. Played online poker with Chris Moneymaker because there was a moneymaker.nj stop. Uh, this week's super fan is a dude named Jason. He's challenged me to trivia on The Big Lebowski, which I haven't watched probably in four or five years since the last time I had a girlfriend. It's like I, I'll get a girlfriend and be like, oh, you've never seen The Big Lebowski. Let's watch it. And then I'll remember I don't really like it that much. <laughs> And finally, we'll be answering the question I've been too lazy and or embarrassed to ask for the past few months. Who the fuck is Arlie Shaban? He is a man in poker who is even hairier than you are. Shaban or Shaban? Shaban. Shaban. That's a fucking cool name. I'll give him that. He's the guest. on. T- you know, his least, least name isn't fucking Staples. I can't deal with another person having... You got Staples stealing my name. This guy's stealing my hairy guy act. No more. Okay. You're, no you're, more people in you're poker. You're basically done. I'm not even sure he wants to be on the show. I was up past midnight <laughs> waiting on him. I think he wants to be on the show. I think he's quite excited to come on. I'm looking forward to speaking to Ali. On the subject of movies, by the way, you talk about the fact that you only watch The Big Lebowski when you've got a girlfriend. Someone new to show it to, yeah. Based on your list of top heist movies and the gaps in your knowledge of that genre, there are other films you need to prioritize over rewatching The Big Lebowski. Sure, so put someone on as a super fan that wants me to watch The Killing or the fucking, what's the other I'm one gonna that do everyone a list. liked? In Kelly's Heroes was the other one. I'm going to do a list of movies which I think Joe needs to see and the way that we will force him to watch them is by making it the superfan subject. And because we set the subject, I'll increase the prize. Because, understandably, if it's your specialist subject, you're likely to win. Whereas if I'm setting the terms, then it might be a bit tougher. Okay, there we go. Uh, so uh, last night, I said I was up late waiting to hear back from Arlie, but yeah. before that, I was at a, a comedy show. I was not performing for once. Pete Latham, who works with us and for us uh, as a producer at live events, is also a stand-up comic hilarious dude melanie moser who's like the the boss of the team pros the wrangler the wrangler uh was in town she went to the show but they had this really weird thing at this top secret comedy club in covent garden where they don't tell you this but there's so the it's sorry. called top secret oh sorry it's called. i thought you it's, said it's a top secret no, comedy it's club. called top secret comedy club is the name of the place because i was going to say that's really not a good way to get people to go to your venue if you keep things top secret but if right. it's called top secret that's different. it's not that secret it's pretty easily found but there, there is a weird little catch to it which is that so you go there this is hilarious by the way so i go there and i'm like two please me and my friend went and i go to hand the girl a 20 pound note and as she's trying to get me, I, I, don't, I don't know what it costs, but I figured 20 is going to cover because most comedy in London is pretty cheap. And I'm like, hey, if we're here to see one of the comics, do I let you know? Because I want to get get him credit. You know, I want to get Pete credit sure. for us showing up. She goes, oh, you're here to see a comic. And she gives me the money back. And I go, no, 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 no. I'm a, I'm a patron of the arts. I'd like to pay. Uh, but And she goes, no, put it in the bucket later. Well, little did I know that the admission was one pound each. <laughs> So when I'm like sliding the 20 back and I'm like, I'm a patron of the arts, I'm like really just fucking balling it with for two pounds right there. <laughs> she would probably rather not make change yes. for 18 pounds than to give, take the two. So what they don't tell you about this comedy club is I go downstairs and the place is packed. I mean, the well, place is good. The place is 
150, 200 people, which is bigger crowds than I played to at the Comedy Store in L.A. Like, the place was packed. And what they don't tell you is that there's actually two shows going on at the same time. There's one in the basement and one upstairs. Oh. And they don't tell you that there are two of them. And it's the same acts that perform. They just delay the start of one of the shows by about 15 minutes. That's an interesting way of doing it. Until one of the, the comedians is done. Then they, two MCs. Right, two separate MCs, but the acts are all the same. So you get done downstairs, you run upstairs. Wow. So Melanie and I were like looking for each other at the show, not realizing you're at the same show, but one of you's upstairs, one of you's downstairs. Exactly. And so we actually never ended up meeting up last night. I'm going to say, as an appropriate metaphor, that Melanie was upstairs and you were in the basement. Exactly. Yes. yes. That was, yeah, yes. that was literal and figurative. Uh, I went to uh, Universal Horror Nights in LA. I don't know what this is. So they shut down Universal Studios what? during the month of October at nighttime. Okay. And then they they take a bunch of the sound stages and turn them into haunted houses. But for a moment, I thought you said they've shut down no, Universal no, 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 Studios. No, sorry, no. You mean you can't do the tour? You can't have Jaws leap out the water you do anymore? You do the tour, but it's a it's a haunted tour now. Ooh. And uh, so, you know, the, the tram ride does run, and it's a haunted tram ride. And so you go through, you know, like Michael Myers is a property that they own. It's hilarious, by the way. So they only own the rights to Halloween 4. <laughs> so everywhere like when you go through the maze the michael myers maze it's the halloween four maze oh, which is on. fucking hilarious um so there's a stranger things haunted house and a halloween haunted house and in past years i really liked it and i just want to say it kind of sucked oh it's like really corporate and i think you still got the psycho house on the hill yeah, so that's part of the tram tour. So Anthony Perkins comes running out towards the tram and all right. that. You know, the guy looks like Anthony Perkins. Um, but uh, the, it, the whole thing was really formulaic. And uh, and be I think because it's such a big corporation, they can't make it that scary. Oh, I so, see, yeah. So it was just kind of like, eh. Mm, I mean, bear uh, in mind, I have not been to Universal Studios since 1990. And the big wow. attraction back then was they just added the whole earthquake Section oh, dude, you—that's like uh, you've. So you've never even been on Back to the Future, nope. Because that's come and gone. No, I mean that's the thing. It's it's been it's been decades. But I the remember park that itself this, is still great. Hey, the earthquake thing was scary enough to me. Was it? Well, how old mind, were I was you? I was fifteen years okay, old. Okay, yeah. So. Um, so earthquake is still part of the uh, the tram tour. Yeah, they still do a section of that. But uh, the park itself is still great. I love going there, and the Simpsons ride that they changed Back to the Future into is great too. Um, We've talked a little bit about uh, TV. Uh, should we start doing episode recaps 100%. again now that we're back on TV? Yeah, we mentioned last week that Super High Roller episode one had been released on the PokerStars YouTube channel and PokerStars TV. This week is episode two. There's only three shows, so next week is the final table. So on next week's podcast, I think we should do a general overview of the Super High Roller event from PCA 2018, a recap of those three episodes, and of course then the main event shows start airing on Big TV, on Channel 4 in the UK. Still going to be available, by the way, to everyone in the rest of the world on YouTube the day after. But yes, we're going to bring back those recaps. We'll try and get some appropriate guests on. But next week, make sure you've watched all three Super High Roller shows before you delve into the podcast. It's a, you, know, <laughs> you know, I remembered about being in LA last week. I was texting with you because you were at this... Uh, this company poker night yeah. at the Vic and I'm texting with you and I'm kind of trolling you and I look up from saying this last joke I'm saying to you and out of the corner of my eye John Hamm walks past me and I was so mad at myself because like it was too late to like turn around and go chase him down you can't go shouting after him John! Right. John! Because I really would have loved to have seen him from a distance and saw if he recognized me because if he had been like oh yeah I did your poker show like a couple months ago, that would have been a cool moment. And maybe, you know, I'm not going to lie, James. I had like a big man crush on John Hamm after that episode. I even had a dream about him. It is not surprising because he has charisma. <laughs> what is that? Is that a madman reference? Uh, that's a Toast of London reference. Oh, oh, okay. I haven't got to those episodes. I love Toast of London, but I've kind of been savoring it. Um, yeah, like I even had a dream about John Hamm like a, a couple of weeks afterward. Where I was like, oh man, I really wish I could have become friends with John Hamm. And now I didn't get to see him because I was trolling you. You ruined it for me, Hardigan. So I have to take the blame yes. for you trolling me. Yes. Karma is what I call it. <laughs> uh, let's get into the headlines, Joey. What's going on in poker today? Now it is time for Poker in the Years News. 
And we start with an EPT that Joe and I did not attend because in the last week, the EPT Open Sochi took place. This came up in conversation on the live stream on Monday. I was like, look, if it's an open and anyone can go, I don't, I don't want to be there. <laughs> the reason why it was called the EPT Open, by the way, and we explained this on Monday night, it was pitched somewhere between a Pokestars festival and a proper EPT. So the buy-in was somewhere in the we middle. We had an opening in the schedule, so they called it the EPT Open. But understandably, this event was... I don't want to kind of say that it's a, a, a lower grade EPT than normal, but it's the second time the tour has been to Sochi this year. There were a few conversations and it was decided, look, it's mainly an event for the locals. There's no real desire to live stream it. As you can understand, 649 entries in the main event, most of them were Russian players. Still pretty solid for an event that we didn't really pay a ton of attention sure, to. Sure, great turnout and the event was a huge success, but I'm just trying to explain why we didn't amplify it via sure. one of our live streams uh, but nonetheless it was a decent sized tournament it was won by 27 year old amateur Yacheslav Bondatsev from Kazakhstan he wins $185,000 equivalent in rubles uh, plus he wins a platinum pass because of course we are still awarding PSPC packages ahead of the first ever Pokestars Players Championship in the new year and this was announced in the last seven days the full schedule for PCA 2019 the first major poker festival of 2019 is now live on PS Live and the PSPC format has been decided a survey went out over the summer and in addition to that we had a panel session in Barcelona which I got to chair which I actually found really interesting and really useful and the idea was to bring together some key voices bring together some opinions and try and shape what the PSPC is going to look like. What was interesting about the session so just to give uh, an overview of who was there and we went through some of the survey results and maybe tried to delve into some of the detail that the survey couldn't cover. We had Daniel Tavoris, a super high roller regular, David Peters, who is another high roller regular who also happens to be a platinum pass winner, Maria Konnikova, who's a platinum pass winner who's relatively new to the game. Uh, we had Sean Deeb. Uh, we also had uh, Dragos Trimafev, another um, Platinum Pass winner. So we're trying to look at it from the perspective of the different player bases, the different player types who are going to attend Should have got event. Jennifer Carter in there to at least uh, knit something. I don't think Jennifer had won her Platinum Pass at the point oh, that okay. this session took place. And also, we kind of didn't necessarily have the opportunity to fly people to Barcelona just for this event. Sure. We had to work with the Who's people be around, who'd come yeah. to Ipsy Barcelona. But what's really interesting is that players like... Daniel DeVoris and David Peters, they understand that you have to make this event appeal to the recreationals. You have to almost cater for the Platinum Pass winners. You have to cater for the amateurs to That's make this the best possible that. event. But here's what's fascinating. What do amateur players think is best for them? And what do they think the event should look like? They're talking about long levels, uh, 300, 400 big blind starting stack, shorthanded. And of course, players like Peters and Devoris will say, that's the worst possible thing for them. If you give them yeah, deep stacks, but that's long levels, long days. Hold on, but there's two, what's best for them, there's two different sides to what's best for them. What is going to give them the best chance of winning is what the pros are talking about. But what's best for them from what amateurs are talking about is how am I going to have the most fun? What's going to be the most bang for my buck as in what's the most play I'm going to get? I think experience is obviously a factor, but I also think that people, and I think everyone is guilty of this, overrates their own poker ability. And they genuinely oh, sure. believe Definitely. that uh, if they're, I've got more chips to play with, gonna, then I'm going to get They're not going to understand. Most of them are not going to understand that, like, no, 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 like, if we, if we just had an all-in shootout, that's really your best chance of beating David Peters in this tournament. But where it becomes awkward is if you've got a ton of amateur players who say they want deep stacks, they want long levels, um, and then you turn around and say, well, actually, we've decided to make it 200 big blind starting stack, 60 minute levels, and then they're like, a nine handed, oh, well, now you're catering to the pros. It's like, well, actually, no, because what you're asking for, you don't actually want. But as things stand, right. I believe the compromise is it's going to be a 300 big blind starting stack because that's how all EPT main events Has start. To be, yeah. It's going to be nine handed on the day ones, looking to go eight handed as soon as we possibly can, just like an EPT main event. I think the key thing here is finding a min cash that rewards the most possible players and really gives the Platinum Pass winners an opportunity to walk away with some money. So maybe it's a slightly smaller min cash than what you'd be used to. Maybe it's around the 30K mark rather than the 40K mark. Yeah. Um, 
because again, I think no one's going to complain if it's just your money back plus a little bit extra. I mean, someone's going to complain because that's the nature of human beings. Of course it is, but I think most of the high roller regs who didn't like when we moved to twenty percent payouts, they're going to be okay with it for this particular. Of course, for a normal high roller, they hated the idea of that kind of refund plus a little bit extra. But understanding that you're going to have three hundred and twenty qualifiers in this event, it makes sense for the min cash to be slightly smaller to reward those people who that thirty k is going to be pure profit. Right. Um. But no, I'm 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 really happy with the fact that people did offer up their opinions. I think it was really interesting the direction that some different player uh, bases went for but all the details have been published online and looking forward to that event taking place in january i think we'll do another one of our platinum pass catch-ups pretty soon and and look at the the state of the union as it were a platinum pass was awarded at the weekend because there was another stop on the moneymaker tour joe but this was an online one yeah so i did you do you know what the details of like what the buy-in and everything was for this same format 86 dollars yeah okay but not a live event, played on PokerStars NJ. Uh, the online stop of the tour won by Anthony Meyer, who plays as Flawless Bink on PokerStars NJ. Uh, but obviously, Chris had to go to New Jersey to play the event online, and I'm sure quite a few people went across state lines to try and be in this event. Yeah, and one of those people was uh, was my old pal Jesse, does some poker commentary as well, and he's from New Jersey, but is living in the city right now. And he, I think, just randomly tweeted like, Hey, is anyone hanging out and playing the Moneymaker event today? And Chris just was like, yeah, I am. And uh, <laughs> invited Jesse to come play with him in his hotel in New Jersey. That's so Moneymaker. So Jesse and his brother, who is arguably like Jesse's brother is a new dad, and he's discovered poker. I think he's a stay-at-home dad right now, and he's sort of discovered poker and is kind of obsessed with it at the moment. So, you know, Jesse, who's been around the scene for a while and has met Chris a few times, was pretty thrilled to do this, but his brother was super stoked to get to go play. Look, I love Chris, and Chris has great value, but for some people, he's still like a like a god, as a poker god to some yeah. people. So for Jesse and his brother to go just get to hang out with Chris and play in his hotel room for the night, I think was uh, just a really cool thing of Chris to do, and I know that both Jesse and his brother were, were pretty stoked. So, That's cool. Yeah, cool um, story. It doesn't really fall under the news category, but it kind of links into playing some poker. I got to go to the PokerStars London Office staff tournament last Wednesday, uh, which was a fun night out for everyone in the London office. Caddy at the swim? N- n- less of a caddy swim because uh, it was a, a proper event, properly structured. Um, but the prizes are all Amazon vouchers. So it's a free roll. And there were also bounties on everyone. So there was a ton of PokerStars merch, a ton of swag that could be won by knocking people out. And uh, the event, by the way, was won by Graphical Gilly. One of our graphics team <laughs> took it down. Not only did he get like a £250 Amazon voucher, but he also took like 19 bounties. So I think he has every single item from the Star Store in a bag now, uh, which I'm sure he'll well, be awarding. Well, the Star Store has like iPads and shit in it, doesn't it? Well, most of the bounties were not that good. The reals, they... the, you, got the, you got the branded swag, the, uh, the stress balls and the... Yeah, exactly, that kind of stuff. I should point out, Golf by the way, tees. <laughs> I managed to make the final table. I came eighth. I bagged some Pokestar swag along the way that I will redistribute as podcast prizes. I'll make sure that <laughs> our <laughs> listeners get to win it in Superfan versus State. So it's my like my sack, like my Christmas sack. Yeah, exactly. Sack. I will be re-gifting the bounties from the this London This is what I was fucking event. with you about while I was walking down Hollywood Boulevard and Missed my opportunity with John Hamm. Um, there were some decent bounties. You talk about the fact that like the Star Store has iPads and stuff. Yeah. I think the best bounty I saw on offer was the Apple earbuds, you know, the wireless headphones. However, I don't want to win those because, and I want to go off on a tangent here. Is it just me or does it make everyone who wears those look like a cock? If I see someone on the tube when I'm commuting in in the morning and they've got the Apple earbuds in, my default setting is you're a cock. Why? I just think they make you look like an asshole. The lack of wires makes you look like a jerk? It's just the design of them. I have no issue with wireless headphones per se. It's just the fact that they stick out. Like, they're missing something. They just really yeah, tilt me. Yeah, like, look, I understand what you're saying, and I kind of see it a little bit, but then then my, like, my, like, more rational side goes, is this us just being old men? Is this us being like, oh, well, back in my day, you had to have the wires. You look like a real jerk without them. Again, just to recap, don't have a problem with wireless headphones. I own 
a pair yeah. of in-the-ear Bluetooth headphones. It's that design in particular. They just look it's incomplete the, to me. Yeah, it it's looks like they've got the bits sticking down. Yeah, that I don't know. I'm just jealous because those don't fit in my ears. <laughs> they fall out. In that case, you can jump on board with my campaign. Yeah, no, fuck those people. <laughs> uh, final news item is that the challenges being set for Ali Shaban, the 12 labors of Ali continue. Last night, he was streaming with D-Negs. Um, let's find out more about his quest. Let's find out more about what's going on with this whole thing by speaking to the man himself. Because as advertised and as campaigned for by Simon Baker not the mentalist we have got Ali Shaban on this week's episode of Poker in the Ears so we welcome Ali to the podcast right now greetings hello hello how's it going gentlemen this is stars aligning Ali because we'd already been poker stars aligning I like it Joe we'd already (laughs) been talking about having you on as a guest uh Lex talked about you last week we had suggestions from a couple of listeners that we should get you on the show and then last night you're live on stream with Daniel. Your latest challenge is set, and suddenly you have to basically publicize everything about yourself and these challenges, and so we can step up to the plate and help you amplify what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. It worked out pretty perfectly, and yeah, that's so cool. I actually got tweeted by a couple people about uh, how Lex, uh, how I came up with the conversation with you guys and Lex. I thought that was pretty darn cool. So what's, uh, how many challenges total? So there's, they're called the 12 labors of Arlie, and they mimic the 12 labors of Hercules. Hercules had to complete 12 labors to prove that he was not just a man. He was more than a mere mortal. So the poker star's gods are challenging me to prove the same. See, I would have to do 12 challenges just to prove that I am a man. When Lex went through it last week, I'm like, it's the most awkward analogy possible, but I love it. I want to know. <laughs> I I wish that I had gotten in on this because I have a stupid game, obviously, for Arlie to play. That should have been one of the 12 challenges. That is the most <laughs> difficult challenge of all is to beat one of my fucking stupid games. Joe, you understand the challenges do have to be achievable. They have to be possible. Yeah, exactly. Right, okay, okay. There has to be an element Arlie, of that. I, I got to ask you, man, what's your fucking deal, bro? Like, where did you come from? Like, I, I and people may know this, but I don't. So can you tell me how this all came to be with a with a brief little bio? at the top Uh, yeah absolutely so i pretty much came out of nowhere into the poker world like i've always loved poker for a really long time but i never was doing it full time always just did it recreationally and uh and by recreationally you mean you like occasionally play with friends and you always had a good time or like you have a poker stars account and you would play sunday like what frequency because you know people look i loved poker before i worked in poker but i didn't even really know what that meant. I loved pokers and like I played it twice a week, you know, with friends at the cop at you know at the dining room table. I played a shitload of poker. I would play poker like five days a week. I'd play a lot of online. Me and my buddies played. I started okay. playing poker with my buddies in public school. In high school we would have poker nights like three nights a week. Like so it was social and online, but I was never any good. Like I was a little bit better than my friends, but online I was pretty much break even for for years and years, just with this super nitty strategy and just having fun. But uh, what really took it to the next level for me was, uh, so I was on Big Brother Canada about four and a half years ago. And the year after I competed on the show, Kevin Martin was on the show. And as soon as I saw his bio, he was a full-time poker player and Twitch streamer. I was like, I didn't even know what Twitch was. I was like, okay, interesting. And Big Brother is like a really close-knit community. So I was like, hmm, uh, I hope we become really good friends. As soon as the show ended, we became great friends. I just totally picked his brain, learned all about Twitch, and became immediately obsessed. And that's where the transformation began, like about three years ago. Okay, so that's where it began. And then somehow you wormed your way in, what, from just from being like a, an active social media hounder? Like how did you now, you're sort of like, you're a run it up warrior? Or what? I don't even know oh, what yeah. the, the nomenclature is. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely signed to team running up with Jason uh, Somerville and the crew. It's so incredible because I haven't even been streaming a Why year. Why shouldn't you be on team running up? You've been playing poker for seven whole seconds. <laughs> exactly. So here's how I kind of uh, got, got my way in. Uh, I was 
I go after goals like really, really passionately and intensely and uh, I get super obsessed over them. So I became like that with Twitch after meeting Kevin, uh, Twitch Poker specifically. And what I did was I just was in everyone's channel all day, every day, like all of Team Poker Stars Online, all the other Twitch Poker streamers. And I just got really familiar with what Twitch was all about and what people like to see, what I like to see as a viewer. And then I really, really took poker seriously got a training program, went through it, studied, got to the point where I was winning a lot more than I was losing. And I decided I was going to, I made about 20 grand in one year off of little games. And I was like, I'm going to quit my job, totally wing it without a big bankroll at all, and just try to go full time in poker and Twitch at the same time. And that was about 15 months ago. Um, it went really well. The first few months I started making decent money just grinding the little stake MTTs and then I immediately jumped on Twitch and I knew Twitch was going to be tough. Like, I'm not going to be the funniest guy, I'm not going to be the biggest winner, I'm not going to be the most entertaining, but one thing that I knew for sure I could bring to the table was body hair. My <laughs> absolutely body hair, but I have I have a, a crazy passionate drive to just attack things full on. So I decided I was going to set a challenge for myself and I decided I was going to stream 50 days in a row and do eight hours a day. And everyone told me I wasn't going to be able to do it. I'm a new streamer. Like I was doing it for my very first stream ever. People were like, no, it's pretty much impossible. Like that's just way too much. You don't know what you're getting into. You're talking too big a game. And in my head, I'm just like, I've actually been obsessed over this for a long time. And you guys don't really know how obsessed I am. So I think I'm going to do this. You guys and don't know what a fucking crazy lunatic I am. <laughs> like literally, though, no one no one understood at the beginning. So uh, everyone got obsessed over the, the streak. Once it hit around 40 days or something, people couldn't believe I was still going. It caught a lot of... Uh, jabber around the community like everyone was talking about it so i decided fuck the 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 50 days i'm gonna go for 100 days and then <laughs> and then it's funny because as soon as i did that in my brain i was like well 100 days eight hours a day that's 800 hours i was like there's no way i can stop at 800 hours it's too close to a thousand i'm gonna go a thousand hours in 125 days Christ. 125 times eight a thousand so eight hours a day for 125 days and that's what i did that was my first four months on twitch so the community kind of rallied behind it and that's kind of how everyone knew who i was from the beginning because it was it was part of my plan i didn't expect it to be as successful i just like i said i'm not gonna be the funniest or the biggest winner i had to do something to you were a 125 night overnight sensation <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing if you're gonna try and cut through though you've got to have something different right you've got to have the usp and you know if you want to make an impression if you want to make you've a breakthrough, also got to have the isp yes <laughs> that's a hell of a way to do it but, so, okay, I, I just have a question about the 125 days Mm -hmm. um, did other areas of your life suffer from this? Now, I don't, I, I'm a realist, okay? And I think it's, I'm supposed to be great, right? That somebody played on Poker Stars for a thousand hours. Bravo, <laughs> right? But, like, your health, your friendships, your, did anything else, uh, or, or were you just kind of a loner to begin with where, like, this was no sweat for you? It's funny because I had this all fully planned and what I did was I had a very, uh, very active social life usually. I put things on hold the last while because just before this I was working at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. I was working really long shitty days. I hated what I was doing and I was like I, I was just doing that to get by because I had partied way too much after Big Brother, didn't have money and needed to scrape by. And did you win? It, like, no, I didn't. Did, I you, win, did you win money off of Big Brother? We got paid to be on the show, um, but I didn't win any money. Okay. By the way, I do think, I mean, it was great that you gave us the full background story, Ali. If you need a really short version for your bio in future, I'm a hairy version of Kevin Martin. Summarize <laughs> Big Brother contestant right, I'm that one down. who became a poker streamer. player and streamer. Yeah, I would have never been able to do it without Kevin. It's so great that, uh, that he, he introduced me to everything for sure. But yeah, so you made it through the 125 days without without any dire consequences. 
No, no dire consequences. The thing is, it's like I, I planned all this out. And what I did was I put my social life on hold and I, I literally moved into a city, got an apartment into a city where I don't know anyone about an hour outside of Toronto where I normally where I normally live and hang out and uh, it just made it really easy for me to to say no to hanging out to my friends and going out and partying on the weekend because I was I was like an hour outside the city it's a hassle to get in there and I knew that if I just moved away a little bit I could fully commit and not have the distraction of like friends and family and like going out on dates with girls and stuff like I literally four months was dedicated to, I don't want to work at shitty enterprise. I want to have a new career. I want to make my own future and I'm going to give up everything to do it. And that was my game plan. Wow. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure glad this worked out for you, but you literally moved out of the city. So you would have no temptations of interacting <laughs> with other human beings. You got to admire <laughs> the commitment. If you're going to go yeah. for it, go for it. I don't know if admiration is the word, but I'm in awe of it. <laughs> I that was no November 1st of last year, so I'm coming up to uh, my 12-month anniversary, and I'm just going to move back to Toronto now. I thought I might have to stay up. My plan was to stay here for a couple years. I didn't think things were going to go as quickly as they did for me. So, yeah, I'm just going back to Toronto. I'm apartment hunting right now. I'll be there in a month. Now, Ali, one of your other famous achievements, in inverted commas, on Twitch <laughs> was a 48-hour live stream. Please tell me that wasn't part of the 125 consecutive days. So it actually was 43 hours. But, uh, yeah, it Even was so. not... It was, yeah, it was crazy. It was not part of the. Uh, it was not part of the 125 days. I was gonna end the 125 days with a 24-hour stream because I started it with one on day two, but I was really, really beat up by the end of it. To be honest, the last like month was rough. Um, but yeah, this one was just. Uh, what really happened was two of my buddies who are both streamers, they went head to head against each other in a who can last longer streaming contest and poker stars gave them uh, the winner like a few hundred dollar tickets or something like that. And Are uh, you allowed to eventually start playing play money in this scenario? Because that's <laughs> the pr my bankroll would be done in about 90 fucking minutes. By the time you get to like hour five, you're going to like, like, I'm out, guys. Barry Greenstein, can you ship me some fucking play money, please? I literally ended up making, I forget what it was, but it was under a dollar an hour. I ended up just <laughs> over breaking even. It was like I made like 26 bucks in the 43 hours or something. It was it was outrageous. Like I I just had my two friends went head to head and that one of them lasted 30 hours and then he challenged me after. And yeah. I really don't like doing it on someone else's terms, like just meaning we were going to have to choose a day and then go head to head. It's like, what if I wasn't feeling it that day? What if I woke up tired or didn't sleep well? So I just out of nowhere before we picked our day, I just busted out a 43 hour stream. And then I was pretty much going to say, if you can beat that, then I'll go head to head with you. But he just kind of tapped out. <laughs> he took one look at that and went, no fucking way. <laughs> at what point did you start to lose your mind? I remember this so clearly because we were with, it was in Monte Carlo. We were with Finton and Spraggy. And I remember Spraggy was like, I'm genuinely concerned about Ali. I, I, I think yes, I think something I bad's going to happen. Yes. And that was about hour 39, hour 40. I mean, <laughs> did you realize that what was actually happening here? I mean, because I, I imagine from the audience perspective, it's like, uh-oh, Ali's lost it. It was, it was honestly really tough. Like, I probably lost it around, like, 38, probably. I just remember I couldn't even sit down anymore. I was pacing for hours because if I, if I sat down, I got too close to nodding off, just no matter how hard I tried to fight it. So I just had to start pacing around. And I had frozen food up my shirt. My feet were in freezing cold water. Like, I was doing anything to stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> um, understandably, for your your labors so far, for the 125 consecutive days, for the 43-hour marathon stream, you've earned your place on Team Run It Up. I assume that means, Ali, you are going to be at Run It Up Reno this month. Absolutely. I went for the first time earlier in the year, and I can't wait to go back. It was the best time ever. Man, the maids at Reno are going to have a real – all those vacuums are going to get clogged between me and Arlie and all the body hair that's just going to be completely <laughs> strewn about the pepper mill. Can't wait. Oh, man. 
Oh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. So will the 12 labors of Ali have concluded before run it up Reno or will it continue through that event? So I just found out today that from Daniel Negreanu, when we did the stream together, yeah. that I'm doing this for a platinum pass. So these 12 challenges, I get to win a platinum pass, which is crazy like my biggest online score is four thousand dollars i'm 15 months into a full-time career that's a thirty thousand dollar package into a yeah. game like it's it's just mind-blowing to me so they said that i have to have everything completed by the end of the year so these are going to last presumably until december Okay, so let's just run through the challenges that have happened so far. The first one was taking on Lex. This was what? Skinning the Dutch Lion? Yes, and I had to beat Lex in a heads-up match. Uh, we had to play, I did just play him as many times until I beat him. Uh, I ended up winning in round number two. Not bad. And then you took on Nananoko, right? Yeah, the Nananoko challenge was actually super intense. It was... Uh, I had to slay the beast, the Lernian Hydra, which is challenge number two for Hercules, labor number two. And the way that was is um, the beast has nine different heads. And every time Hercules cut off one of the heads, two would grow back in its place. And that's kind of what the challenge was with uh, Nanonoko. I had to face him in nine heads-up tables at the same time. This is but cool. every, every time I beat him in a heads-up game, we had to join two more. Oh so my it God. literally got to the point where, and Nanonoko's a beast at multi-tabling. I, I can multi-table, but it's like, he's clearly a beast and he was not taking it easy on me. So at one time we were 17 tabling heads up against each other. How the hell is the audience meant to follow that on Twitch? You've got like 17 minute tables on a stream? Literally, and I, I wasn't even speaking. I was just trying to breathe. Like I was trying not to time out of games and and not to breathe. Like I was just focusing. So it happened where uh, seventeen. Got okay, so seventeen tables. I could fathom it like a full ring, right? But seventeen heads up tables. Yeah, no, I know that it was crazy. There's like, no fucking way. I can't. I can't do one heads up and one other thing. <laughs> it was absolute insanity it truly was like it it got my heart going so fast because i'm like i can't fail. so how did like, you I actually so how did you have to how did you if did you have to beat the nine original tables is that what it was so what happened was hercules ended up getting help from his nephew in the challenge which was uh he cut off the head and then his nephew would immediately cauterize the neck shut with a torch so it couldn't grow back so what i did is I got help from Twitch chat. I ended up at a certain point, uh, Spraggy, who was overseeing it all, kind of informed me that I could give the password, because me and Nanonoko had secret passwords to log into the Heads Up games. They, I could give the password to Twitch. And then Twitch started logging in and facing Nanonoko in a bunch of the games. And then I had to beat him in nine final, like, they were different colored games, and I had to beat them in nine of those red games. That's pretty cool. I, I like, like, I don't give a shit about a lot of stuff that happens. This is pretty cool. It's really cool, <laughs> but also considering how taxing that is on the brain, to me, that's worth a platinum pass. That's just one twelfth of the whole thing. I would assume uh, that some of them won't be as clever. Okay, like, there's just no like. I know our people, <laughs> and I know <laughs> that they can't keep up that level of keeping it interesting for nine more challenges. There's just no way. So, what was number three? Number three was uh, was with Daniel last night, Ali. What was that about? So yeah, Daniel. Uh, number three was just uh, I had to capture the Canadian goat. <laughs> which well, I always have to like decipher a riddle at the beginning, which the Poker Stars team apparently just loves watching me struggle with it all because I have no clue at first. And then uh, so I had to capture Daniel and pretty much it was just uh, we had to have a training session on stream and then I had to get him to kind of kick off challenge four by um, sending out a tweet um, I had to pretty much beg him or coax him or talk him into sending out a tweet that um, you guys responded to. And this is the start of, or this is part of challenge four now. So challenge three was a little more chill. I just, it was amazing. Is Dan challenge four a PR tour? Yeah, basically. 
Challenge number four is to be a publicity whore and do every single podcast and media outlet that will listen to you. Well, look, if your job's be a publicity whore, you're talking to the right guy right now, okay? (laughs) Because I can fucking schmooze with the best of them. I'm ready to soak it in. Oh, man. Um, Ali, I wish you the best of luck with the future. And I guess until this challenge is complete, you won't find out what challenge number five is. No, they totally just leave it up in the air. And they're they're letting me know, like, some of them are going to be, like, brutally hard like the one with nanoka was honestly really difficult like it got to the i didn't expect it to like nine tabling was pretty intense but then once i think of the 17 tabling i'm like well the nine tabling i guess wasn't that hard so yeah i just didn't expect it if you had told me before i'd be 17 tabling nano i'm like oh i'm okay (laughs) so well it'll be interesting i mean i will be interested to see how it maps out what the future challenges are but i obviously hope you're successful and hope that we see you in the bahamas at the uh, pspc that would be the sickest I have a feeling we're going to see him. Look, before you continue with the 12 labors of Arley, you're going to have to get past the seven questions of Stapleton. Okay. okay. Are you ready for one of my stupid games? I was born ready. All right, here we go. You, Arley Shaban. Shaban Shaban. Shaban. Such a fucking cool name. Shaban! It's like a fucking, it's a catchphrase and a name at the okay, same time. Okay, if you get a question right, you're going to get a Shaban from Joe. Shaban! All right, here we go. You had a marathon, 48-hour stream, 43 we just found out. Let's test your knowledge of the men and women whose many footsteps you have followed in in various marathon world record-breaking type of settings. Are you ready? Okay. Question number one. Which poker player holds the record for the longest live cash game session? Oh, Phil Locke. Phil Locke is correct. He doesn't get a ding. He gets a... Shabam! Yes. By the way, I've got multiple choices if you need them, my friend. Here we go. Question number two. George's Holtizer of Belgium walked 418.49 miles in six days, 10 hours, and 58 minutes. How long and how often was he allowed to stop for? Was it 30 minutes every seven hours... 20 minutes every six hours, 10 minutes every five hours, or two minutes every four hours? Um, B. You said D? B, B. B, 20 minutes every six hours, incorrect. He was allowed to stop. He walked for six days, 10 hours, 58 minutes. He was allowed to stop for two minutes every four hours. To change his shoes and to go to the bathroom. Arlie, you are one and one. Question number three. In 2008, Suresh Wakim and Claudia Wavra set the world record for a movie marathon watching session when they spent 123 hours watching 57 films. Wow. What was the last film? Was it A, The Last Picture Show, B, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, C, Thelma and Louise, or D, Howard's End? I think it's got to be Howard's End to end it. That was a really mean trick question, Arlie. It was not Howard's End. It was Thelma and Louise. (laughs) And Susan Sarandon actually dropped off the film for them. Oh, that's cool. The last one. Here we go. Question number four. You're one and two right now, Arlie. At the 2018 Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, Joey Chestnut ate 74 hot dogs in 10 minutes. How is he still alive? The thing is, it's not the first and only time he's done it either, by the way. He's done it a lot. 74 hot dogs in 10 minutes. What is Joey Chestnut's nickname? (laughs) Is it A, the mouth? Is it B, the bottomless pit? Is it C, the human vacuum? Or is it D, Jaws? Uh, it's gotta be C, vacuum. The human vacuum is incorrect. We are looking for Jaws. Really? Jaws. Yeah. Can I point out that all those other options were much better? The mouth, the bottomless pit, the human <laughs> yeah, vacuum, totally. proving that you should come up with nicknames for hot dog eating contestants rather than whoever does. Absolutely. They're not exactly the most creative bunch. The uh... By the way, I dated a professional eater. Her name was Maria Edible. Question number five, true story. Question number five. In 2012, a man named Okan Kaya 
broke the marathon video games playing record by playing for 135 consecutive straight hours. Now, I'm sure this record must have been broken since then in the age of Twitch. However, what game was it? Was it A, StarCraft? Was it B, League of Legends? Was it C, Skyrim? Or was it D, Call of Duty Black Ops 2? Uh, I think it's A or B. I'm going to go with A. StarCraft is incorrect. It was Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Arlie, oh, wow. I'm really glad this is not one of your 12 challenges because you're <laughs> fucked. Too. Question number six. In 2013, David Scott broke the Guinness World Record for longest stand-up comedy performance by a solo act at 40 hours and eight minutes. How is that possible? What is David Scott's stage name? Is it A, the Midnight Swinger, B, the Roadside Rambler, C, the Comedian of Comedy, or D, the Energizer Bunny? Um, C. C, the Comedian of Comedy is incorrect oh wow <laughs> one and five let's one more question right yeah one more question it was the midnight swinger the midnight swinger is what we were looking for there okay question number seven in 2016 luke akins broke the world record for skydiving by jumping out of an airplane at 25,000 feet without a a parachute b a wingsuit c a fucking brain in his head or d <laughs> <laughs> All of the above. It's got to be A. A is correct, but so is B. And so is D. And so is C. So I'm going to give you that one. Shaban! That obviously wasn't a real question. Here's the real... He did it without a parachute, guys. Okay? How did he survive? A net. He landed in a net. He jumped 25,000 feet and landed in a net. Landed in a net. Just like Jaws in the pre-credit sequence of Moonraker when he lands on the circus tent and lands on the trapeze That's net. That's exactly it. Was he inspired they, by Moonraker? Inspired by fucking one of the worst Bond movies <laughs> ever. Okay, here's the real question about that stunt. What did they call the stunt? Was it A, sky's the limit, B, heaven sent, C, terminal velocity, or D, highway to the danger zone? Uh, they should have called it C, but they probably called it B. B is correct. Shaban. Yes. Arlie Woo. Shaban, you got you made a respectable performance by the end. Three out of eight questions. Buddy, it was a real pleasure talking to you. Let's kill this. A real pleasure talking to you, Arlie. I, I, I am a feeling I'm going to see you at the Poker Stars Players Championship in the Bahamas. However, don't... You're certainly going to see him in Reno, right? I will see you in Reno for sure. And we're going to we're gonna shaban together uh, 100% we will. Arlie, thank you very much for staying up late into the early hours of the morning for you to talk to us. Good luck with the rest of your quest. Good luck with the rest of your challenges. And uh, going to have to tune into your Twitch channel at some point. Yes, thank you so much for having me, guys. Honestly, it's super cool for me to be on. And I appreciate you taking the time. It was fun. All right, calm down. you got like 10 more interviews to do. you got to save some of this energy. <laughs> I'll save the juice. I'll save it. I remember you can use that line. You're the hairy Kevin Martin. <laughs> I will. I will. I'm going to write it down. Thanks for your time, Ollie. <laughs> All right. Take care, guys. Poker in the ears. All right. Well, speaking of streamers, we brought poker to your ears, your eyes, and your fingers. On Monday night. Yeah, the first of our streams on Twitch. The Platinum I, Pass Ass Path. I, I watched <laughs> back, by the way. I watched back a decent chunk of yeah. the stream because I want to see like what worked and what didn't work. And I think the toughest thing for me, I'm just not used to it, is the chat being two minutes behind. Yeah. And I just feel that sometimes maybe we were ignoring people in the chat too much. So I'm going to make a valiant effort to answer questions and try and talk to people more. But it's so hard when they're reacting to something they that you did two minutes ago, and if you ask for questions, you're not going to get them for another 120 seconds. But we're going to find a way of making it work. I was keeping an eye on the chat, but part of it is the two-minute delay. And then also, like, when you have a guest on, yeah. and you're trying to engage your guest, and I genuinely had questions for Spraggy about how to do a, a poker stream. And so I was really interested in a lot of things. And sometimes then you're playing a hand, and then Spraggy's got a hand and then james has got a hand and then i got a question and so 
Yeah, we got it. We do have to work a little bit more to work the chat in. I had uh, one request, and I know that you've got a lot going on. Like yeah. James is is not only hosting and he's playing, but he's pressing all the buttons. So and I, I'm not used to using OBS. I've never hosted a right. Twitch stream in my life. And also, I had a complete meltdown just before we went to air. Because Joe and I did a complete tech check with Robin from our Twitch team the week before just to check that our setup was right, that we could stream. And Robin was checking, like, what's your CPU usage? Are you dropping any frames? And it's like, CPU usage is about 24%. He said, that's good. That's good. It's all good. And then when we actually go live on the night, it's like CPU usage, 60%, error, encoding error, dropping frames, reduced resolution. I'm like, shit, shit. And the one change we've made is I tried to help you out to share my screen so that you could see what I was doing. Yeah. And clearly that just overloaded my computer. And it turns out that wasn't a big deal that I couldn't see what you were doing, I think. But in all that panic, I forgot. Number one, to unmute you at the start of the stream. So apologies for that. Sorry. But also, I completely... I had a tweet ready to go. We're live on twitch.tv slash PokerStars. And I saw it in my drafts the next day. I went, oh, yeah, I really should have sent that. Um, but yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get into our flow. You mentioned the guest. Spraggy was on the stream, putting a decent performance in the free roll. He's on the leaderboard now. The question is, how will his counterpart fare? Because Finton is going to be our special guest star for week two of the Poker in the Ears Free Roll League. So don't forget, it's an eight-week series, and we have got this leaderboard tracking in these progressive KO events how many knockouts everyone has had. Whoever tops the leaderboard is going to win a Platinum Pass. Now, did we, did we work this out? There have been some technical issues with the leaderboard. I had an email yesterday. You were here when I received yeah. it. So initially, the leaderboard was in the PokerStars client, and the whole thing was meant to be automated. Bizarrely, and we don't understand why, it wasn't tracking some players. Some players have been missed out. And so what's now going to happen is that the team are going to manually calculate the number of knockouts and publish the leaderboard on a Tuesday, the day after, once all the information has been right. verified, checked, and confirmed. And that leaderboard is available to view on the podcast homepage, which is pokerstars.com slash podcast. It's there right now. And already... There's at least one player who's raised an issue with that. All I will say is, if you believe you've been hard done by, if you think that the result isn't correct, please email support. Bear in mind, Joe and I do not have access to hand histories, tournament stats, any of the More back importantly, end of stars. Joe and I do not have the desire to fact check your stuff. We have special men who can <laughs> do that. That's right. We have, there is an entire department of people that look into those things. So please email support if you have any issues. <laughs> but the leaderboard will be updated by the Tuesday. It'll be published, pokestars.com slash podcast. And remember, we went through this whole rigmarole of what the tiebreaker is. Forget the whole first pass of the post thing. We're going back to the original metric. Because we're now manually calculating everything, yeah. we can now make the tiebreaker total money Earned. Total money. So earned. we go back to what was originally announced on episode 128 when we set out all of the details of this league. If there is a tiebreaker at the top, it will be decided on total money earned. And if total money earned ends up being a tie, I shall divide the platinum pass in two. He will literally cut it in two with a pair of scissors. Um, they're going to have to be very sharp scissors if it genuinely is made of platinum. But I'm not it's, convinced I don't think it is. I don't think it's genuinely platinum. They don't really um, So yeah, so we're into it. Week one's in the books. Congratulations to everyone, by the way, who's already scored at least five KOs because you're going to be in the second chance all in shootout regardless of what happens with the top end of the leaderboard. And remember, by listening to all of this podcast, this episode right now, you will learn the star code that will issue a ticket to the free roll on Monday, the 8th of October. And then by watching the live stream at twitch.tv slash pokerstars at 8.30 p.m. Central European time on Monday, you will also learn the password. I think the side events work well, Joe, so we're going to have more of those. There will be another $1 warm-up uh, just before we go live. Join the Poker in the Ears Home Game Club. The club idea is club ID rather is two one five three eight two zero, and the invitation code remains. Hello, my babies. And right now it is super fan time. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's super fan versus Stapes. 
Well, last week, Superfan vs. States took us to the state of New York. We jump across the border this week to the state of New Jersey and say hello to Superfan Jason. Greetings, sir. Greetings. Good morning. How's everybody doing? We're good, Jason. What's up? What part of New Jersey? I'm from North Jersey, just outside the city. Excellent. Do you deal with that, uh, that horrific commute? Uh, my wife does. I don't. But uh, I did go in the city to see you do stand-up last year when you performed in New York. So Hey, was... I, I appreciate that. Did you guys both come? We both came, yeah. We actually uh, really loved the show. We went out afterwards, but we've got two young kids at home, so uh, we didn't stay very long. I count on that for not having to hang out with people for too long. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you say, I have kids at home. And, and no one's gonna no one's gonna buy that as an no, excuse for I'm you. No, I'm saying that like a lot of times, like okay, so after my show, there's like a there's like a bunch of people that want to hang out, and like I'm bouncing around trying to give everyone time, and so when someone's like, ah, oh, we got young kids at home, I'm like, oh, geez, I get it though. Go ahead, go take care of the kids, even though I'm like, oh, thank God, there's two less people now. Okay, now I can. Now I can actually talk to some of the people that I that I know for real. So yes, thank you for coming. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, no one yet has ever been like, yeah, it sucked, which is good. Yeah, no, it was good, and uh, we got to meet your parents, which was always fun. Oh, yeah, having my parents in the crowd, that does help a little bit. Although, they were in the crowd in L.A. a few months ago. When I flew them out for Father's Day, and I bombed Oh, horribly. I remember that story. Really badly. So, thank you for being a part of me not bombing. Why did you, uh, why did you pick The Big Lebowski? Uh, it's one of my favorite movies. It's one that, uh, when I was younger, I watched with some good high school friends, and... Uh, you know, it's it was part of the experience that it just kind of became a thing we talked about a lot. And uh, it's just a, it's a fun movie. I really like it. It is a fun movie and it's a good movie, but I feel like it should be better for how like I just it really doesn't do it for me. It's a film. If you were to watch it out of context without any hype, you would enjoy it. Yeah. Fortunately, so many people have put it on a massively high pedestal now that I think it's really hard not to be disappointed and not be left wanting more if you're coming to it cold in the year 2018. Right. And it was weird when I went to film school at the like the running joke was, let me guess what your two favorite movies are. The Usual Suspects and The Big Lebowski. That was like, you know, that was everybody's go to to like hip movies to like back in the in the late 90s now because joe is in the booth with me in london jason i have the questions in a sealed envelope and just to explain because patrick the intern has compiled mm -hmm. this quiz so he got to watch the big lebowski for the first time you did say publicly on this show joe that you had no intention of re-watching the movie correct and patrick therefore took pity on you wow. he's actually structured the quiz in such a way that the Odd-numbered questions are designed for Superfan Jason, and the even-numbered questions are designed for you. So there's a slight disparity in the toughness of those questions. All right, I appreciate it, and I don't want to like a gift look a gift horse in the mouth. I think in the future, I don't I don't want it to be that. Make all the questions reasonable questions. I think is probably the better way to do it, but. Well, I appreciate it. Producer Ben cast an eye over the questions yeah. before I put them in this sealed envelope because he knows the movie much better than I do. He thinks the whole quiz is pretty easy. Okay. So no pressure, Jason, but you should crush this. So you should be able to bag some prizes, including a ticket to play on PokerStars NJ because I assume that living in the state of New Jersey, you are a PokerStars customer. I am. I am. I play mostly uh, spin and goes because I don't have a lot of time to do big tournaments and things. But uh, when I have 15, 20 minutes, I'll play a few of those. Okay, this is useful information. So we're going to try and get you some spin and go credits. That's what we're going to be playing for today. Great. That sounds great. Have you got a fax machine going off in the background there? No. A dot matrix printer? Are you printing out report cards or something? What? Well, that's the last time I saw one of those was in high school. <laughs> Nothing like that. Uh, my my DVD ROM might have just I just ejected it. A it DVD ROM? Wait, you mean one of those little cup holders that's uh, in a desktop computer? <laughs> yeah, I've actually got the movie, the DVD inside right now. But wow, computers with optical drives. I remember when they were still a thing. Is that a gateway? Do you have like a gateway <laughs> or a dude? Did you get a Dell? I did get a Dell. I'm opening the questions. I will keep them from the eyes of Joe Stapleton. So, yeah, as I explained, Jason, you will go first. You will get all of the odd-numbered questions. So if it's okay with you, I will start with question one. Uh, the usual format is in place. You can get two points if you don't need the options. It reduces to one point if you need the choices. Question one is, who does Walter pull a gun on in the bowling alley? Smokey. It is Smokey for two points. So we have Jason, we have Joe, and a score of 2 nothing. I Joe, would not have gotten that. 
Well, this is supposedly an easier question, so let's okay. see how you fare. Remember, you can take the options for one point. What color are the lenses on Walter's sunglasses? Uh, yellow. They are yellow for two points. Woo! Tight game. Question three, Jason. What is the name of Walter's ex-wife? Ooh. I'll take the choices. Okay. Is it Cecil, Charlotte, Cynthia, or Celia? Hmm. What were the last two again? Cynthia and Celia. I'll take Cynthia. It is Cynthia for one point. Okay, Joe, you get question number four. It's another color question. What color nail polish was on Bunny's toe? <laughs> I'll take the choices. Uh, red, yellow, blue, or green? Red. It was green. Question number five. Would you have gotten that one, Jason? Absolutely. Mm. Would you have needed the choices? No, I would not. Okay, let's see how you fare with question number five. What does the chief police officer in Malibu throw at the dude's head to wake him up? Uh, coffee cup. It is a coffee Mug. cup for two points. So you have a 5-2 advantage. Joe, question number six. What is Danny's actual first name? I'll take That's the choice. Sorry, Donnie. What is Donnie's actual first oh. name? That was my mistake, not Patrick's. I misread what was in front of me. Uh, I'll take the choices anyway. Terence, Theodore, Timothy, or Thomas? Timothy. No, it was Theodore. So Which one is Donnie? Steve Buscemi. Which one is Smokey? Uh, he's the um, pacifist in the bowling alley that uh, goes over the line. Oh, okay. Now I understand if I... Okay, question number seven for Jason. What color outfit is Jesus wearing when he's first shown on screen? <laughs> uh, his name is definitely Jesus, and it's purple. <laughs> okay, it's purple for two points. See, this is the problem when neither of us know the movie. This and another is... point. Well, I would, you don't fuck with the Jesus. Okay, uh, question number eight, which is your question, Joe. What does the private investigator Dufino refer to himself as? choices please father ted big cheese top dog or brother seamus one more time father ted yeah big cheese top dog or brother seamus big cheese incorrect it was brother seamus <laughs> damn it okay question number nine jason can you name the two actors in the film who have won golden globe awards um uh... I have no idea, so I'll just guess. Um, is it Jeff Bridges and mm, I don't know Steve Buscemi? Well, you got one of them right, but I'm not going to give you any points because you had to get both. It's John Goodman oh. and Steve Buscemi, and here is a hashtag fun fact from Patrick. John Goodman and Steve Buscemi are Golden Globe winners, but Jeff Bridges, Julianne Moore, and Philip Seymour Hoffman have all won Oscars. I would have got that one, by the way. Thanks for the steal opportunity. Okay, question number 10. It's not going to make any difference to the result. Uh, what is the final thing that the dude says in the movie? This is for me, yes. Joe Stapleton. Yes. The final thing... I'll take the choices, but I think I know it. That's what the dude does... The dude abides. That's the way of the world. The dude always takes it easy. That's the way of the world. No, it's the dude abides. The uh, dude abides. How could I have not known that was the last line of the movie? Does that line appear anywhere else in the movie? Uh, the stranger says it. Okay, because if, if that's the only time it appears in the movie and I got that one wrong, that would be really embarrassing. Okay, well, I'm just interested whether you happen to know the tiebreak question, Jason. Uh, sure. How much has the film grossed worldwide in dollars? I don't know. Should I guess? Take a guess. I'm just interested if anyone can actually nail this number. $72 million. You take the under or the over on that? Under. Yeah, 46.2. Not that that would have made any difference because, Jason, as I predicted, you have won this game of Superfan versus Stapes with a score of seven points to two. So we're going to sort you out with some PokerStars merch and we'll make sure that you get some spin-and-go tickets so that you can play on PokerStars NJ. 
That sounds great. Thanks so much, guys. I've, I've been listening to the podcast. I love it. And uh, it's been a pleasure to be on. Thanks, Jason. Hug the kids for me. Thank you very you much for coming on the show. And just before you go, can I just say, Jason, that this week's star code is Muse Concert. M-U-S-E-C-O-N-C-E-R-T. Thanks for your time, Jason. You got it. Thank you, guys. All right, guys, we're almost out of time for this week's show. Next time, I'll be in Amsterdam, both for the Free Roll League and for the podcast. Oh, Christ, what could possibly go right? I rearranged my holiday schedule so that I could host this big charity poker tournament Oh yeah, next week, and the charity poker tournament has been canceled. Now, they're still going to have the charity event, and I'm still allowed to go as a guest now. But I moved my Amsterdam trip to go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday so I could come back Thursday for the charity event. And I was supposed to go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to Amsterdam. Right. So inevitably what's happened is you've moved your holiday to now collide with the work you have to do so that you can come back to do nothing. Correct. Well, I'm going to go drink a lot of champagne on somebody else's dime. Okay. That's for goddamn sure. Good. So anyway, that's next week. Uh, do we have a guest lined up for next week or not? We don't. Now, we talked about recapping the Super High Roller shows. I, I'm figuring that Bonomo's still ghosting you. Yeah, I, I, I haven't actually. I was just about to uh, to follow up with him because it was his birthday this week, and I wished him a happy birthday. So now I can be okay. like. Okay. Mm. I mean, Justin would be a great guest to speak to because he features in all three shows. Yeah. If he's unavailable or is not interested in coming on, uh, it doesn't have to be linked to the TV recap. If John Sin is still an option, we could get him on. Still taking your suggestions for future guests as well. Hashtag poker in the ears. It is also the hashtag to use if you would like to follow in Jason's footsteps and appear on this show competing in Superfan versus Stapes. Remember, you can nominate your own specialist subject, but in the next few weeks, I'm going to be drawing up a shortlist of movies that I think it is essential that Joe Stapleton sees before he turns 44. So... <laughs> If we set the subject, I'm going to raise the stakes in terms of the prize that we award. But either way, hashtag poker in the ears. All right, guys. That is, in fact, all the time we've got for this week's show. Do not forget, subscribe, like, comment, get in touch with us. James just told you. Use the hashtag poker in the ears. But for now, for James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Later.